You say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and we have got another great show. I say that every week, but it's absolutely true. Uh, Chris Fontenelle is going to join us. He wrote us this beautiful book, Jumpstart Your Career, 10 Tips to Get You Going. Now listen, here's the deal. I know that there are many of you who listen to this show who are going, what am I going to do in my career? I, I don't know that I really like what I'm doing. I don't know that I want to be what I'm doing. In fact, there are times when I wake up on a Monday morning. Actually, let's take that back. There are times I go to bed on Sunday night and I wake up in dread knowing I have to go to work on Monday morning. There's not enough coffee on Monday morning for you to wake up and even want to go to work on Monday morning. And then there are some of you who have graduated college and you're going, now what do I do? Right? And there's some of you all over the place. You're just kind of going, I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm going to do with my career. What do I do? Well, Chris Fontenelle is going to join us today. The book is outstanding. Jumpstart your career. 10 tips to get you uh, going. I'm telling you what, get out your pens and pencils and uh, you're going to be an archaeologist today is what you're going to be. You're going to do some digging. We're going to find some artifacts about you. You're going to have to live a little bit of faith in believing that what you don't see exists underneath the surface. That's what it's going to take for you to do. And you go, ah, stay with me. All right. We're going to talk to Chris in just a second. Before we do that, let's do what we do every week. And let's be honest, we're four-part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And if we're not working on ourselves every day, if we're not we're growing, we're dying. We do not stay static. And so every week I lead you through these four areas on a scale of one to 10. You evaluate yourself. Scale, if you're at a one, it means it's awful in my area. If you're 10, it means, gosh, couldn't get any better, right? Now, five is average. Now, listen, whatever your number is, I don't want you to be alarmed to go, oh my gosh, I'm a two. All right, well, because I got to tell you something. That's a starting place, right? We can build from a two. Right? And if you say, well, I'm a seven, I'm pretty good. Yeah, but what can you do to get better? Okay, so here's how it works. So let's, let's take the physical area, right? How would you evaluate yourself on that scale of one to 10 when it comes to eating right, getting enough exercise, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, right? Five being average, right? Whatever that number is, that number is, okay? That's your first number, All right? The second number is the intellectual mental number. You know, we can't sit in front of a TV and just somehow magically think that we're going to absorb information. We have to be an active participant in our mental and intellectual growth and wisdom and knowledge and understanding of not only ourselves, but the world and the things around it. And if you're in a career, you should probably be learning about being an expert in that career that you maybe have a desire to be in, or maybe you need to investigate your own interests and desires, your natural gifts, talents, and abilities so that you can grow in wisdom knowledge in those areas. So how are you doing being an active participant in your intellectual growth on a scale of one to 10? That's your second number. Third number is your emotional number. I make it real simple. You know, we could talk about emotional quotients and emotional intelligence, but here, here's the breakdown. Two parts. How well can you control your emotions under stress and pressure? And then secondly, how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? 
Perhaps it is the case where you go, oh, Jay, I got to work on my emotional control. Because <laughs> when that person cuts me off in traffic, oh boy, I'm <laughs> not all that good. Matter of fact, I have some hand gestures I'd like to take back, right? <laughs> and then maybe you're one of those people who say, you know, Jay, I'd like to tap into other people's emotions. I, I, I just don't have the patience. I don't listen well. Or maybe I need to expand my emotional vocabulary. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing emotionally? Okay, and then finally, the fourth number. And that's a spiritual number. And listen, here's the deal. You know, we're all spiritual people, whether you want to believe it or not. You are. We live by faith every day. You wake up in the morning, you take a sip of your coffee, you believe it's not poisonous, and you drink it. You push the button on your car, turn a key if you have one of those cars, like I do, and you believe the car is going to start. You make plans for the future, believing that they're going to happen. Right? And then the next question is, what brings you back to center? What brings you back to a place of peace in the midst of chaos? What gives you a sense of joy in the midst of difficult times? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it meditation? Is it something else? And then the final question, is it working? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you evaluate your spiritual life? Well, those four areas are like the air and the tires of your car. And the truth is, you know, if one tire is too low, what happens? The car veers. Doesn't, it's harder to drive. It makes things difficult. And if all four tires are low, over the course of time, you're going to ruin the car. Right? So we want to bring, get the right air into the tires so that they're at the right height so that it rolls well and that we, we roll down the road well. And speak of someone who does that extraordinarily well, and he's got all four of his tires to the right height. His name is Chris Fontanelli. He's the founder of... Encore Professionals Group, a professional services firm specializing in the identification and placement of accounting and financial professionals in temporary and permanent roles within many recognizable corporations in greater Los Angeles. He previously, previously, <coughs> wow, got that mixed up, previously served as division director for Robert Half International and client service director for Resources Global Professionals prior to his employment in the staffing and consulting industry. He spent years studying and preparing for the ministry, having attended Oral Roberts University and Fuller Theological Seminary, where he earned his master's degree. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, welcome to the first time, and not going to be the last time, by the way, Chris Fontanella. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to be on A New Direction, and what a great introduction. I appreciate you covering some of the material in the book already. <laughs> well, I told you I read it, and I did, and... I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, matter of fact, I read it Thank twice, you. and uh, uh, it was a great read. It's not a long read for everybody who wants to know. It's not a real long read, but boy, is it power-packed. And so let's just dig in right in. These are 10 tips. And I'm going to start off, though, with something you said in the introduction, and that is this. You said the word calling can sometimes cause us a bit of a problem, but it can right. mean an invocation, a profession, a trick. Help us, but it can also mean a divine summons. Help us understand the word calling a little bit more clearly and that we don't have to, and that, you know, we do struggle with the calling and sometimes maybe we call it purpose. Help us understand it. Yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those words that is is loaded, right? And I, I come out of having studied for the ministry and I think most people in general sort of associate a calling with something along the lines of the, connected to some sort of spiritual thing, right? Or, yes. or being called to the ministry, something like that. And I just, I did a little research on the word and went back into the history of the word or whatever. And it really just, it sort of just means a profession or a vocation as well. Yes, it can mean a divine summons where 
you feel a call of God on your life to specifically go do something, maybe be a missionary or something like that, or found a church or be a pastor. Um, but it also just means a vocation. And I'm a big believer that the people who seek and look for their calling in regards to their career end up having noteworthy, significant careers. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're making a ton of money. It just means there's a, a component to it where you feel re re a reward for what you're doing. Um, and so I, I start the book by saying, find your calling, find that thing, that overarching theme for your life um, that makes you want to get out of bed every morning. Yeah, I, 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 I love that because, you know, so often we do think of calling as this uh, spiritual element but, you know, I feel called to do what I do. You know, I feel called to do the show. I feel called to coach. I feel called to write. I feel called to, you know, speak. And, and the topics I speak about, it, it's a yeah. calling for me. I know that every day that what I do, I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I just it, it's all in alignment with who I am. It's in alignment with my strengths, abilities, my gifting, it's it's in alignment with who I am. It, I'm, I'm authentic. In right. It. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's rewards built into that, right? I mean, you you probably feel fantastic about yourself and your life because you've found that pocket that you're living in. Yeah. Because you've identified that overarching theme. I mean, I I I felt a call to the ministry at one point in my life, and a lot of what was behind that was a desire and an interest. In, in helping people, um, helping people along the lines of guiding them from a spiritual standpoint. Now, along the way, some things, some personal things happened in my life and some changes visited me. And I um, sort of uh, grafted some of what I learned from all those years st studying in the ministry into something else. And that was entering into the staffing ministry, but now helping and guiding people to in relation to their careers. But the thread that went through both was uh, the overarching theme for me was I, I wanted to do something that allowed me to help people in one capacity or another. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I think, you know, it's so true that people, I think we're called, I, I've talked to friends who've been in the military, for instance, and they just felt called to it. They just, yeah. they just felt a calling to go into the military. And, and I, I like to use the word purpose, but I think they, they're syn almost synonymous in this sense. That I, I know that I have, I am serving a purpose in everything yeah. that I do, right? Call that calling, call it purpose. I, I think they're similar. Do you? Yeah, do you have I would a, agree. Do you have a problem with that? If we? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. And then, you know, the interesting thing too is like people don't have to get weird about how they can go about identifying their calling. Like you know. St. Paul got knocked off his horse because a blinding light from heaven knocked him off. And right. that, you know, that changed the, the whole course and trajectory of his life. Um, I, I think I mentioned in the book that, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes your calling sort of just finds you. I think it was yeah. president Obama who referenced Ted Kennedy, who said the time, you know, what is it? You don't choose the time, the time chooses you. Mm -hmm. And, or sometimes, like in my case, I mean, I'm working at a job at a bank and one 
Friday afternoon, they make an announcement that says your job's being relocated to Minnesota. And I'm in California and I'm like, I'm, I'm not moving to Minnesota. No offense, but I liked it in, in California. Actually, today I just saw on the news that Amazon's getting ready to do a yeah. big re- relocation effort yeah. with their staff. And that's causing a lot of problems for them. But those kind of events, um, as problematic and troublesome as they may be for somebody in relation to their career, oftentimes they embedded within them is the seed for you to make a change that can actually push you toward your calling and toward your destiny, so to speak. Mm. So, you know, it can happen any number of ways. It's, it's more about having an openness and the right disposition, right? I mean, finding Mm. your calling implies you're seeking one and looking for it and keeping an eye out for it. And so I just try to encourage people. If you have that sort of posture, you'll eventually find what you're looking for. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a mindset thing, isn't it? I, it yeah. When I read your book, when I kept coming back to, you know, there's going to be situations in your life, and they've happened to me on several occasions, and I did not answer the bell correctly because my mindset was wrong. Yeah, I was. I had a prevention mindset versus a promotion mindset, in that I was more worried about what I lost than what I concern myself about what I have to gain. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I lost a job, you know, I was worried about, okay, now what am I going to do versus, Oh, well, okay. This is an opportunity for me to make right, a change. Right. And it's that's, hard sometimes to, to see through yeah. the event that's happening and, and sort of have that vision to sort of penetrate and see what could potentially be on the other side. Right. Like, right. Um, I, I think I mentioned there doors first and, um, uh, you know, <laughs> And then you find the discovery on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Um, um, some, it's just hard to, sometimes. Then uh, we have to admit that that that's a reality. It's it's not always easy to be able to look through something and see the potential in something. It really is. So let's take a look at your analogy. All right, because your analogy here is so beautiful, well thought out, and it's awesome. And it's Dr. Kent Weeks, who's an archaeologist, who uh, makes a discovery. What we believe is Ramses II who was yes. the pharaoh uh, in Egypt around the time of Moses, um, is what we believe, um, is what everyone believes at this point. So let's take Dr. Weeks, archaeologist, and let's apply it to all of us out there who are going, okay, maybe I'm part of this Amazon shift listening to the show of going, man, I've got to make a choice here whether I relocate or I quit. And right. So, but help us understand the archaeo- Dr. Weeks archaeologist and ourselves as we start looking for our finding our calling or our purpose. Uh, a long time ago, I had read an article in Time magazine about this very thing, and it highlighted Dr. Weeks. Um, and I just remember being really impressed with the article and the whole idea of back then, all I was thinking was a lot of times you just got to clear away and excavate and dig through a bunch of crap to actually find the treasure. And, you know, back then I was uh, still studying to, for the ministry and I thought, wow, there's a really cool metaphor in there. Right. Mm. And one day I want to put that in a sermon somewhere, but um, never did that. But I, I threw the article in a manila uh, folder and where I throw quotes that interest me and just different articles that I find that I, I, I think are intriguing 
And um, anyway, I went back to that article and I started reading it when I was thinking about writing this book. And I thought, wow, what a great metaphor for um, for building a career. Mm-hmm. And, you, and when you looked at the life of Dr. Kent Weeks and all the things like all the hard work, all the digging, all the stuff he did before the discovery. Um, there was just a lot in there that I thought if you unpacked it from a, a metaphorical standpoint, there could be a lot of advice for, for people. Mm. So I'll, I'll just throw that out there right, right now. If you well, want to sort of so let's, let's now. just start with one of the first things you say in this, uh, tip one, finding your calling is being diligent often gives birth to opportunity. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, things happen as you're working to find what it is you're looking for, right? Mm. And I talk about mapping out your territory of exploration, which again is implied within it is that there's some work, right? You're gonna take the time to to, uh, sketch out a map for yourself, right? And, And realizing that the time spent making the maps sort of sets the stage for your discovery. And, and your map lines can be made of a bunch of different things, right? Your interests, your education, your experiences, and all, all those things. But then you eventually got to walk to the place that you've mapped out. You got to bring your shovel with you. And when you get there, you start digging. And as you're digging, like, you're going to uncover different things. You're going to realize, like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm digging in the wrong area. Or I, the parameters for my map weren't um, big enough. Or, or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm digging too wide and I need to sort of home in on something because I realized, yeah, this stuff's unimportant to me from, my, uh, from a career standpoint. And this is really important. And so it's, it's more as stuff is going along and you're working along and you're, you're cranking out and working your tail off, then all of a sudden, like something sort of just happens and you get lucky or you see something and something's revealed to you. And then, and then now you've got a, another uh, stage that you can walk yourself through. You, you, you say something really powerful at the end of tip one, and that is you're called to do something with your life and you're about, and, and you're about to start your career. You need to identify the overarching theme that provides the reasons to get up and go to work each day, your reason for being. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in identifying that that main theme and that main thing that makes you tick. Um, it, it takes a while to find that, I think. I, I, it, it didn't come to me all at once. It sort of has evolved over time. Uh, it started with a genuine interest to want to be a minister, um, but it morphed over the years into a different way to sort of help people. Um, I, I just found that, like... The more I went along and the jobs I was in and I started assessing what I liked about certain jobs, what I didn't like about certain jobs, it, it just sort of just kept directing me and fine tuning what I really wanted. And I think when you're able to get to that point, that's when you can have a career that really begins to be rewarding and noteworthy. I don't want to overlook the theme part because that really struck me because as I look back on my life now, right? As I've gotten older, the, the themes were always there. Yes. The theme that from the time I was a child, there, there's always been themes. You know, I've, yeah. I've, 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 I've always, you know, I always was one who loved being in front of people. I, I, I used to write little short stories, uh, that, that made some t- sort of a point, 
yeah. right? When I was little, there was uh, me always wanting to be the radio announcer, the right. There was always the, there, there's just, when I look back, the themes are now so much clearer. Yeah. At the time I couldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, sometimes the, the, the sand and the dust has to be brushed away, right? To, right. to, to see what the relic really looks like. You know, I mean, it's been underground. It hasn't seen the, 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 the light of day for a really long time. And as you're digging and like, you, you're like, Whoa, I, I think I just hit something or yeah. hit upon something. And you know, that's when you take out different tools to sort of, you, you know, you don't want to be using a pitch ax anymore. You want to just be using a little, a little paintbrush to get some of the same. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, look, look what's there. Like this, is, but it's always been there. Right, 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 right. That's beautiful. His it's name awesome. is, it is awesome. His name is <laughs> Chris Fontanella. Jumpstart your career. 10 tips to get you going. It, 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 we're just getting started. You're going to love this when you, we start digging in and creating your map next. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, whether you're recovering from an injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living, maybe you're a professional athlete and you just want to move and improve how you move and feel, listen, the elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored for you. So when you're ready for your Epic Relief, your Epic Recovery, and your Epic Results, don't look any further. Go to EpicPT.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors. For more than 38 years, they've been helping people transition in life. You say, how can that be? They do real estate. Yeah, but think about it. Every place you've ever lived has been a life transition. They've helped thousands of people take the stress out of that transition in life. And that is your next home. So whether you're selling or buying, go to lindacraft.com. She can help you no matter where you live. That's lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Chris Fontenelle and his book, uh, jumpstart your career. Um, Ten tips to get you going. Uh, the ma- uh, tip two is map your, out your area of exploration. I thought this was uh, really, really important that people start mapping this, mapping themselves out. So help people create their map. What it, first of all, what is the map? What does it look like? And what should I be doing, Chris? Yeah, the map is gonna. It basically looks at like whatever you want it to look like, which is great. It's it, but just it's it's understanding that it's essential to establish some parameters to define the area, so to speak, that you're gonna dig in to to try to find um, your career and the, you know the the overarching theme of your life, like we've been talking. And again, time spent making a map sort of sets the stage for this discovery and. You can use whatever comes to your mind in regards to what the map lines consist of Mm. your education, your interests, all the like, think about the things that you really enjoy spending time doing the things that like you, you feel a gravitational pull toward write all those things down. Those are, those become the map lines. Mm. Um, and then obviously you've, you've now sort of defined a territory or, You've put some parameters around, you know, you think you, what you want to find is here within this, this map that you've just drawn, you got it. Now you got to go there, right? Like it's not enough to just do the map. You got to take the next step. You got to go to where you've outlined. So, you know, if you're saying like you're interested in microbiology, guess what? You know, start studying microbiology <laughs> right, 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 right. School and start diving into that. Right. Because right. that's where you said one of your areas of exploration is. Um, 
bring the shovel. You got to start digging. I mean, again, finding your career and building a career implies that you're going to do some work and you got to dig into things. But it all starts with that map. And what I've learned, and you you know this, Jay, um, over time, you just have to make amendments. You realize like, okay, I thought like this is what I want, but now that I'm like looking at it, that's not exactly what I want. It, it, right. it may contain some of that, but like you learned a little more and you're like, now you're fine tuning it. So it's, it's important to remember that you can amend your map at any time. Like the, your, your, the first sketches of your map are rarely, if ever final sketches. And yeah. even the best archeologists use the eraser on a pencil as much as the, the lead in the pencil. <laughs> Right. So just bear that in mind, because I don't want people getting discouraged. They go there and they're like, well, I'm not finding what, you know, I put on my map and da, 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 da. like, you know, it's going to change and it's yeah. going to morph. And you just need to be aware of that. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you point out some of these things, you know, your education, your interests, life and work experiences. And but then, you know, there's, the, you know, there are other pieces of you, too. Right. You know, it's kind of like, well, what are you good at? Yeah. Right? What, what do you What are you just naturally good at? Sometimes we overlook those little things that we're naturally good at. You know, like maybe you're just naturally good at you know connecting with people, or right. naturally good at speaking, or you know, I mean, I mean, the truth of the matter is, you you have these natural abilities that you may be overlooking that are part of this map as right. well, and you got you, but you got to draw it out. That that's the piece. That's the piece where I thought was so imperative. Is don't just have a mental map of it. Literally draw it out, write it out, take a look at it, so that you can really look at the map because you can't yes. see the theme unless you put it down on paper. And I thought that's the beautiful piece of it. Yeah, and that that requires looking inward, right? Mm. You got to take a long, hard look at yourself, look into your heart, look into your soul, so to speak. Um, and, and see what's in there. And, uh, and I, I believe it's in the book, but I, I talk a little about the, the importance of mysticism and sort of mm -hmm. isolating yourself in a walled garden, uh, which mythologists will tell you is the place you go for introspection and the place you go to contemplate and be um, you know, contemplative. And that is very important for uh, as a time that you allocate for yourself to look inward to see what really makes you tick and all the things you're mentioning like your natural abilities and hey i just i just like doing this like or it brings me joy when i'm and then fill in the blank those are the things you want to put on your map lines as well yeah i just i just find that just i think it's so beneficial folks it's a practical thing for you to do. write them out yeah. Write, write them out. It's really important. Tip number three is be ambitious. By the way, you have some great quotes in here. <laughs> I just got to give you some great. You got, here's the quote in, in, in tip three, being ambitious. Starting small is never wrong. Thinking small is always wrong. I love it. <laughs> you know, every now and then as a writer, you get something and you're like, okay, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, you do. So, um, yeah, and I think that's the example that Dr. Weeks set for us, right? Like, um, you know, he, he had the grandest discovery, the largest subterranean tomb in Egypt's history, right? He, he, he found it. Um, but 
there was a lot of stuff that went ha- that took place long before the discovery. I mean, even after he got lucky and got the job at the Met and then was assigned to the Thieving Mac- Mapping Project long before. It was 10 years later that he came across the discovery. Mm. And trust me, I mean, I, I've, read, I've read the article. I did the research. There was a lot of crap to clean out to get to the point where he got to that door. And, and some would say the door hadn't been open for thousands of years, right? Like nobody that what was behind the door hadn't seen the light of day for a long time and all the work that went into everything he did. So I just, I don't know. I just started thinking about it and I thought, wow, you know, starting small is never wrong, but thinking small is always, yeah. you, you just want to be thinking bigger. You want to be ambitious. You want to, you want to have dreams the size of California. Um, and then just start heading toward him, and that's that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and and by the way, let's let's put a caveat. Let's not caveat this because let's open this up because I don't care how old you are. That's right. Age is age just is not relevant. You know, you can. What st- we're talking about that's that's exactly true. Because it's just because you could still dream. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're still dreaming, go. Right. I mean, right. that's, that's the thing, right. Is, you know, I, I've, I've interviewed people who were 70 years old on the show and, and the guy was saying to me, yeah, I'm thinking about my next career. Right. Like, well, and I, I love that. Right. Cause like, to me, your career should be ever evolving. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like you get to the top of the hill and then it's all downhill from there. It does. It's you get to move the finish line. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I crossed the finish line. Now it's all it's all over. It's everything's been said and done. No, like just keep moving the finish line where it's wherever you want it to be. And your right. career should constantly be, you know, evolving. Here's the next quote that you say in this tip being ambitious to achieve anything worthwhile. You should attempt even those things that seem impossible. That's another good one, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, but the guy who wrote it's pretty darn good. I got to tell you, you want to get him on your show. I need to get him on the show is what I need to do. Say that one again. (laughs) To achieve anything worthwhile, you should attempt even those things that seem impossible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of the, I hope I don't get this wrong. Like the, the reach exceeding the grasp or something like that. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Some people say shoot for the moon because, you know, if, if you don't reach it, you still land on the earth kind of thing or all that kind of stuff. It's it's really just it's just going for it. Right. Yeah. And like why, especially at the beginning of your career, I just think that's the time when you can take more risks. You can dream really big and just go for it because if it doesn't all pan out the way you think you, you still have time to keep going for it and keep trying and refining along the way. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just big on being ambitious and, and getting off of the, the, the sands of the beach that are nice and secure and, and being willing to brave treacherous waters to get to the other side, like where, where Europe is. Yeah. You know, you, you almost hit the third quote I was going to take from this book that you wrote. That's so beautiful. It's to face treacherous waters in pursuit of your dream is superior to the security offered by the shore. Yeah, I, I believe that. I mean, oh, that's and that's beautiful. just, you know, I, I hope it's okay to say it like this on the show, but it's like, it's having the cojones to just sure. to go for it. Right. And if you, if you're not willing to 
maybe get, get back in that old garden, dig down deep in yourself and, and find a way to figure out how that starts to, to, to grow within you because you want to do that. I mean, and a lot of stuff will happen between the shoreline and getting to Europe when you're crossing the Atlantic. But I guarantee you, you'll be glad that you, you decided to get on board and, and go for it. Here's the, here's the final quote that you wrote. That was so good in this tip, in this tip for the tip of man being ambitious. The big dream does not become reality on its own. You must act upon that dream. Big dreams become reality by taking little steps. Yeah. And that ties back to the starting small, right? Like you, you don't have to take these leaps and bounds, right? It, um, and actually there's, there's a lot of good in taking those small steps because of all the things you learn along the way. And you're not bypassing any of the things that are going to help you be well grounded once you do achieve success, mm-hmm. right? You kind of, it's, it's all those little steps sort of help the roots go down deep so that no matter how high, um, the, the tree goes and how lofty that gets, it's, it's grounded so that the winds don't blow it over. Tip number four, the unseen world. And you say one lesson that, um, from maps and the work of Dr. Weeks is this, maybe one lesson you say is this, your discovery may be beyond your vision, but never beyond your reach. What you see above ground does not disprove the actuality of what lies below ground. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot that's going on below the surface, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I referenced the, like the, the wonderful world of Disney and all the stuff that's going around, going on underground in these utility corridors, mm-hmm. right? Also that the people above ground, the people in the park can experience the Disney magic. Um, and Dr. Weeks was, was great because and he didn't know exactly what might be under there, but he, he sort of had a vision or uh, something in his heart that was saying there might be something under, under there that we've missed. There were already some discoveries underground, and that was enough to sort of go on. Um, but like something in him said, but there might be, there might be more. Like other archaeologists had given up on this, this plot of land that, he, you know, he wanted to take another fresh look at. Um, and there were some notable ones that made significant discoveries, but then they just basically said the rest of that territory, there's, there's nothing there, but he had enough vision to, to, to think that something else was going on down there. And I, I believe that people, when it comes to their career, they need to, to see what no one else sees for themselves. Right? Like, yeah, no, you, you, you say, simply put this way. No belief, no digging, no digging, no discovery. Why dig? If you're convinced nothing lies below the surface. Yeah. You're, you're bringing up all the, the things that I put on my notes here to emphasize, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why bring your shovel to the excavation site right. if you don't think that there's anything underground for you to find? It, does, it doesn't make any sense. So you have to, and, and really, like, faith is basically believing in what you don't see. Right. That, that's, that's having faith. And if you, so I, I, I even say, like, you know, I think when it comes to your career and seeing what nobody else sees, you have to have a little faith about it. You have to believe that there's something underground there for you to dig up, for you to pursue, for you to like to find your overarching theme, right? Otherwise you're just not going to, you're not going to dig and go look for it. And, and the other thing I say is, um, you know, that which is worth finding is worth working to find. And again, it's, 
why bring your shovel right. if you're not going to dig? Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about in, in this tip about monotony and oh, you, yeah. yeah, and you, you say your willingness to dig monoton- monotonously shovel until the discovery is made has a direct relationship to your ability to see or cannot be seen. You will pick up shovel if you believe buried treasure exists. If you don't, you won't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and let's, let's be real. Right. I mean, that's sort of my attempt at keeping it real, which is, it's not that fun digging sometimes. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you're getting dusty and dirty. It's hard work. I mean, archaeology, after all, is 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 hard labor. Um, it's working with your hands. It's digging. And there, let's you know, again, let's keep it real. There's going to be times when it's just not that fun. And the discovery doesn't come when you want it to come. It takes a little longer to get to than you might have supposed. Um, there's just a lot to it that is monotonous and um, that sometimes gets the best of people and that, and they throw in the towel when maybe they were just inches away from a discovery or days away from a discovery. Right. Um, so you just got to stick with it and burn through that monotony again, seeing through, you know, the, the mundane tasks um, knowing that there's, there's a reward at the end of it. I think, I think, Chris, sometimes what happens for people, and I know when I've coached people and trying to find you know, their purpose in their career or whatever it may be, I, they, I get this question. I, I imagine you do too, is how long, Chris, how long do I have to deal with monotony? How long do I have to keep digging? How long do I have to pull up these little artifacts that are really nice, but you know, it's not really the big thing I'm looking for? How long, Chris? What do you tell them? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Because there's there's no easy answer there, and and it's hard to say. That I don't know if there is an answer, but I, I I do think it's always important to assess and reassess assess your career topography. So if you're going along, and uh, a lot of time is going by, and you don't seem to be finding what you're looking for, it could be you have not taken the time to reassess and go. This, I have the map lines wrong. I need to I need to erase this one and put another one over here. And um, so it's okay sometimes to go, this isn't the spot. I got to go find it another spot. That doesn't mean the work you did looking in that spot was wasted because everything carries over, right? Like right. You, you bring all the experiences, all the knowledge you gain, all of that with you wherever you go. But sometimes it's just a matter of assessing or reassessing where you're digging. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, when I've been asked that question, I, I give pretty much a similar answer, you know, but I, I do know this, you know, I know that, you know, you got to keep digging. Yeah. Right. I mean, sometimes, you know, you dig in one spot and you go, okay, well, you know, there's a few nice artifacts here, but what if I just moved over a few feet? What if I move over just a little bit, you know, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm close, but maybe you're not quite there yet, but you're just, you're just, you're, you're, you're in the right, you're in the right general area. Yeah. You, could be. Right. But you need to just keep digging around, you know, right. to find it. Like what if you're in an industry that, that is evo- like, well, if you were Eastman Kodak and you didn't start to realize about digitization <laughs> and it, like you, you missed the boat, right? Like there were signs 
that maybe you were ignoring that you were supposed to be digging somewhere else or like, but right. like industries evolve. And um, if you're not willing to pick up on those cues or see those cues and, and those signposts that are telling you like, okay, the, the way I'm doing things today is might not be here five years from now. Right. And if you don't start making changes, then I, I could see where somebody would get completely frustrated and saying, but I am digging, I am trying, I, I've been working my tail off and it's come and I'm, I'm not getting any rewards. Well, maybe, you, you know, you weren't assessing the topography, the career landscape, so to speak, and making the necessary changes to sort of move in a new direction. Oh, beautiful. And, and, and look what you did there. See what he did there for? How beautiful was that? That's so awesome. <laughs> Speaking of a great segue, his name is Chris Fontanella. The book, Jumpstart Your Career, 10 Tips to Get You Going. It's outstanding. Listen, if you're looking for uh, some career tips to get yourself going, you know what? This is a book for you. I'm just telling you, it's fantastic. Available at Amazon bookstores near you. Just ask for it. You're listening to him here on a new direction. Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapist, and I think they should be yours too, by the way. Listen, their facilities offer the most advanced top-of-line equipment, the Alter G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, Game Ready. That's just a few. Listen, they're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, and that's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your Epic Relief, Epic Recovery, and Epic Results, don't look any further. Go to EpicPT.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, listen, for more than 38 years, they have helped people all over the world make a transition in life. And how they do that is they're independently owned and operated. They don't belong to a national company. They make relationships with the best real estate professional in your area. So even if you're not in the Raleigh-Durham area, they can still help you. So listen, when you're ready to make your next life transition, whether it's selling your home or buying a home, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot and we're back here on a new direction with my friend uh, Chris Fontanella. I, I, he, I didn't. We're, we're not. I, I guess I can call him friend. Can I call you friend? I can call you friend. Absolutely. Right? We, call we you are friend? new friends. We are new friends, right? We could do that. Which brings us to tip number five: achievements. The whole truth, nothing but the truth, right? Yes. And you you make a point of saying one thing to keep in mind: achievements are not solo efforts. Yeah. I look over my career and I can look back and I see the influence and impact that a handful of people have made in my life. And I would not be where I am at today had they not yeah. participated, took an interest in me, saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I reference a few people. I mean, I was sort of the troubled youth growing up. My youth was misspent. I wasted a ton of time, but I was fortunate enough to meet a guy by the name of George Davis, who at the time was my youth pastor. And he firmly believed that God had a plan for my life. And he embedded that in me. Um, a lady that I met when I left the bank, when I was working for Bank of America, and they said, your job's being relocated. I went and interviewed with a lady by the name of Michelle Patterson. And she was super intuitive and super insightful and realized that for me, having a message to deliver was really important. I mean, she looked at my resume and I didn't hide the fact that I spent nine years studying for the ministry. And she's like, well, 
obviously it seems like speaking about something important to you is, is really important to you. Why don't you make, you know, our company, your new message and go tell people how to go tell companies how we can help them. Her insight and convinced me that that was going to be a good opportunity for me. And she, she's the one that helped me connect the dot of, I wanted to help people with spiritual guidance and now I can help people from a career guidance standpoint. Um, but those are just a couple examples of like, I would not be where I'm at had those two people not put something into me. Yeah. And I think what happens is for many people who are listening to the show or watching the show on DBTV, you know, I, I know where 250 million homes available. So thanks for watching. But there's some of you out there who are feeling trapped. This is Chris's words, trapped, stuck, or as the saying goes between a rock and a hard place. You face moments with tough choices and that must be made and even the need to cut something off to survive. So Chris, for the people who are stuck and the truth, nothing but the truth, when it comes to help, what do they need to do? Ask for it. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that don't, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't feel like you're less of a person. Um, there's no shame in asking for help. And raising your hand and saying, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm at an impasse here and I, I don't know what to do. I mean, think about, again, I, I'm in the, the staffing business, which is a great, great world and provides great resources for people. There are recruiters that can talk to you about your career. There are executive coaches now that that industry has been yeah. blossoming. I mean, that's the space you're in. You, you want to advise. There's, there's people like you, like me, that are happy to talk to people about their career. But if you, you know, are one of these, you just want to go it alone and you think you got it all figured out. And then, you, you know, you come to an impasse and then aren't willing to ask for help out of hubris or pride or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I think you're, you're not availing yourself of some really good talent and people with some knowledge that can help you get over the hump. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I can't emphasize this enough to all of you out there. And that is, folks, if you feel stuck, if, if you feel trapped, if you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place, get help. Ask for it. Don't, yep. don't, don't, don't let your pride get in the way. Folks, there's, there's people out there that can help you. I'm just telling Absolutely. you that there, there are, and that want to help you. Yeah. I was going to say can and want to help yes. you. And, and yes, some of it's paid, but there are some free, uh, you know, you've got some, you've got some, uh, free things that you could take advantage of too as well. Take advantage of them. They're at your, they're at your disposal. Yeah. And sometimes those people just can help you sort through some yeah. stuff, right? Like we're talking about all the the things to make up your map line. And I can get confusing after a while. Maybe you get lost in yourself. Yeah. You know, you're in the maze, so to speak, and you're, you're losing your way. Like somebody can help you sort of back out of that a little bit and get a clearer vision of all the stuff that you've been, you know, surrounding yourself with or that you're involved in. And so yeah. just talking it out and talking it through sometimes is a big help. I remember uh, when I was teaching psychology classes at uh, different universities, uh, I, I believe it was Andrew Beck who talked about the spiral into depression that people spiral down. And oftentimes the people are in their career, they have, we, we never spiral up by the way, we only spiral down, right? But the way out of spiraling down is to ask for help. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, there, there are just people who can keep you from spiraling. 
right? And I and I think that's that's your, you know, if you feel like you're spiraling down, I think that's your, you know, yellow, at least your yellow, if not orange light that says, you know, I need to ask for help. Yeah. And a lot of times the, the help is coming. Uh, what's that little story about, um, you know, the, uh, the the floods come in and the, the guy doesn't want to leave his house <laughs> and he gets on his roof. And then like a, a guy in a boat comes along and says, you better get off that roof. Like, come on, I'm here to help you. And he's like, no, 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 you know. The Lord's going to save me. God's, right. God's going to save me. Then the helicopter comes. He says, no, God's going to. And then he ends up drowning because he didn't accept the help that was coming. <laughs> right. And then, and then, and then he gets to heaven and, and, and he said, complains to God. He goes, I thought you were going to save me. He said, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. I mean, what right. are you doing, right? right. <laughs> what, what else I got to do? Uh, I'm sure we all know, like, people we've tried to offer, like, career guidance to yeah. or whatever. And for whatever reasons, they don't accept it. Or maybe they, they have a different vision for themselves. But, like, right. you could kind of see, like, no, like, when I'm looking at you, like, here's all the things that you really love doing. So why did you why did you not accept that job that was sort right. of in line with the things that you love to do and interest you. Right. And then their life is sort of a complete mess. Their career is off track. And then, but, and then they're sort of bitching and moaning about it. And it's like, well, you know, you were told and information right. was shared with you, but you never accepted it. So like, that's, that's a problem for some people. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and, and I want to, I'm gonna move here real quickly to tip six doors first, then discoveries expect obstacles. Yeah. Oh, obstacles, no matter what form they take. This is what you said to be con, uh, confirmation is, is confirmation that you're onto something. You're headed in the right yes. direction. You're getting closer to your discovery. Help us yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, again, going back to the Dr. Week story, um, his team faced a ton of challenges, geological engineering challenges, political red tape, because they're in, you know, they're doing work in Egypt um, archaeological structural challenges. Um, so there was a, just a lot to deal with. And again, like I mentioned, like just think about all the the dirt they need to remove, the dust, w- working underground, um, having to shimmy through little tunnels and stuff to get where they're going. And then after all that, and again, I, I think I'd mentioned like the big discovery didn't come for 10 years. So that, there's a lot of work going, right? So right. Then, like, they finally get to this place where, and I actually, if I remember correctly, one of the other archaeologists that had said there's there's nothing to be found here started using this one area to just throw all the garbage and the crap that they didn't want in their way anymore. And and so Dr. Weeks and his team had to even get that out of the way. And once they got all of that out of the way, they found this corridor that led to this this door that hadn't been opened for a thousand years. Mm. Um, and it just, it was going to take a while. Even just think about the door. It's this massive door. They can't just take a, you know, certain tools and just start hammering away. They got to gently get around it and then be able to open it. So just a lot of work, a lot of challenge to even open the door. But what ends up happening is on the other side is the the biggest discovery. They find the largest subterranean tomb in in Egypt's history. So 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. 10 and years. Started, like, I think I referenced J.K. Rowling's 10 yeah. years, Walt Disney, 10 years. Like, just seems to be like, if, let's not get hung up on the 10 year thing, but like, yeah. an investment of time needs to be made before right. the discovery, right? Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at any great person who has, whether it's Steve Jobs or, you know, whoever it may be, 
right. it took them years and and then like in Steve Jobs case he left for right. years right he actually lost his ceo role yes right? and, in but, a boardroom battle yeah how many years was that in between that right. stint and then he starts another company that he ends up selling back to apple and then becomes the ceo of yeah apple. i mean the, the, it's not a straight line right Right. I'm, I'm big on that. It's yeah. more a winding road. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not a straight line. I don't want to overlook pebbles in the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to overlook that yeah. because there's a lot of people out there who are struggling with their career and they, I just, these, these irritants. Yes. Help me. Yeah. And some of those irritants are your boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people you work with, some naysayers, just uh, people who don't believe in you or see what you're seeing as you're working your way toward your career. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty that plenty of things that you're going to encounter as you're trying to build your career that are just a, a pain in the butt. But it's usually those little pebbles in your shoe that prevent and hinder your progress. Um, so yeah, it's it's every now keep, and then keep you gotta going. take those shoes off and blow, blow that sand and dust out of there, and then and then put them back on and keep going. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's just a reality. I mean, a lot of what we're talking about, right, is just accepting the fact that that's just reality, right? Yeah. You're gonna if you're gonna if you want a noteworthy career and you want to build a noteworthy career, you're gonna face challenges on your way to getting to that point where you want to be. Yeah. It's just a reality. So. Except that right from the start, you're not going to be surprised when you finally encounter. Well, we've done our hour, Chris. Darn. And uh, I'm, having so I'm having a blast. I really am. Uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Um, my website is chrisfontanella.com. They can go there. C-H-R-I-S-F-O-N-T-A-N-E-L-L-A.com. You'll find information about my books, a uh, little information about myself. Um, I've been publishing a bunch of articles around careers and career development. They're on there in a little media section. Um, yeah, so the best way to reach me is right there. Awesome. Stay with me, Chris. Folks, this is a show. You know what I told you? And thanks, Steve Weinberg, for saying what a great show it was. Appreciate you for saying that. Folks, you know what I say to you every week, right? You're in control of three things in your life. Your attitude, your effort, that's your excellence, and your resiliency. I know circumstances can be tough. You may not be having it. You may be struggling with the job right now, but if you can control your attitude, you control your effort, you control your resiliency at all times. Take advantage of those because those are going to serve you well. I'll be back next week with another great guest. It's going to be another great show. And you know what? It's going to be another great book too. <laughs> As I say to you all over, listen, you had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. Give us a positive review. Thumbs up on YouTube too. As I say to you all over, you know what that is. Ciao, everybody. To go a different way, yeah The time has come Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction